0: Well, good evening, and it is a pleasure and wonderful to be here. Tim introduced me as a friend of St. Matt's, and I certainly am a friend of St. Matt's. Um, I arrived in Bath a couple of years ago with my family and uh, spent a year popping down to St. Matt's, and then I've had a year back up at Holy Trinity. So thank you for your welcome. It's wonderful to be here and to, to spend this evening with you. And this evening, what God put on my heart was to challenge us. What has God got planned for you? And there's a lot of young faces uh, today in the congregation and some older ones too. And at every stage and season of our life, God has a special plan. And when I was looking and researching for this um, uh, for this evening, I went on YouTube and there were lots of inspirational videos about climbing up a mountain, about how far man can get, how wonderful it is, how clever we are. And I thought, no, stop. What's God's plan for me? What is God's plan for you? So I was thinking that God the creator created you uniquely to live life in all its fullness. That's from John 10.10. In relationship with him through Jesus his son so that he may be glorified. And We could probably have a whole series on that one statement, but we're looking tonight at what has God got planned for you? And I'd like to suggest we break it down into three, and that is that we are born for a purpose, we are called for that purpose, and we are sent out for that purpose. So I thought I'd start with a little personal story um, by way of introduction and a way of thinking about what has God got planned for you. Some of you know um, I'm training for ordination. I'm hoping that in a year's time I will be ordained in Wells Cathedral, having done quite a series of study and quite quite a series of thinking and analysing and listening and discerning. And this has gone over many, many years, and I'm going to go back about... Seven years, and as a family, we'd come back from China. I felt the Lord had a new work for me to do, but I wasn't sure what it was. And I was praying with people, and I was thinking about it. And as a family, they've been great. We sit around the table, um, they chip in. It's a big shock. I'd spent 25 years um, in uh, commercial world as a property valuer. So the whole idea of a calling to ministry and the church was something just a little bit different. But the family were great. And I'm thinking particularly of George, who is our, um, well, he's 14 now, but I'm going back to when he was little, when he was six or seven. And we'd had this family meal, and the, the other boys had chipped in, and they were supportive, but getting used to the idea. And then it came to tucking up time. And when you tuck up a little child, it's just the most gorgeous thing. Parents will know. It's that moment when it's really quiet. And it's really peaceful. And it came to tucking up time. And we'd had this discussion around the table about what mummy might be doing. And he looked me right in the eye. This is a six-year-old in bed. And he said, mummy. And he was this close to me. He said, mummy. I said, yes, George. I think you should be an astronaut. (laughs) I didn't bat an eyelid. I said, you know what, George? That's one possibility. But God might have something else too, and we just have to listen to him. So what has God got planned for you? And it's our job as Christians to listen and obey, and there is an amazing freedom to be in the will of God. I thought we'd start, um, or now look at a YouTube clip. It's about six minutes long, which is quite a long clip for the middle of a talk, but it's about the creation of a butterfly. And I just want you to stay in an attitude of prayer and worship as you watch this clip and try and imagine what plans God has for you. Thank you. Just trying to grasp that uh, concept that we are created by our creator and that we can change and the seasons in our life when we're we're doing one thing for the Lord and the seasons in our life when we're doing another. So we are born for a purpose, and we want to find out what that purpose is. And there may be people here tonight who feel right in the will of God, who know what they're doing, what he's called them to do, and that is wonderful. But there may well be people here who are considering and waiting, and maybe even frustrated about what their next step is, or what, the next, what God has got planned for them. So we're going to look now at the reading um, that we, we had read to us um, by Mark. Um, we're called for a purpose, and we're looking at the example of Moses, the calling of Moses. And Moses, at this stage of his life, was a shepherd. And surprisingly, he was 80 years old. So it says in verse 1, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert, and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And Moses was 80 years old. He'd been brought up as a prince in Egypt. He'd been given everything he could possibly need. He was mighty in the palace. But that was when he was 40. It wasn't till he was 80 that God used him for his purpose. He was a shepherd, which is the lowest of the low in the culture, But God was about to anoint him and use him mightily to deliver his people through the Red Sea, out of Egypt and towards the promised land. What a commission when you're 80. We never grow out or grow too old to have a commission from God. We don't retire. So Moses trying to redeem Israel in his own way and at his own time had failed. In God's time, he was called to deliver in God's way and in his power. The whole of the biblical narrative would have been different without Moses responding positively to God's call on his life. And the Exodus is echoed throughout the Bible in Joshua 4, the Psalms, in Matthew, in our baptism, coming through the waters, in our deliverance, and in our new life. And the sense of timing that God used for Moses is important. Sometimes we have to wait. Hopefully not 40 years, but we need to wait. Sometimes there's a time of preparation. And secondly, fire fell. Verse 2. There the angel of the Lord appeared in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. Now, that's an amazing thing. I mean, fire is attractive, it's powerful, and it's destructive. But in this supernatural incident, fire did not burn the bush up. It was probably a scrubby little acacia bush that they find on the mountainside of uh, that region. So to be ablaze with the power of God and not burn, what a sight it must have been. It's similar to what Tim was saying with the Ax in, in Acts in Pente- <clears throat> at Pentecost, when they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came down to rest on each of them. God can fill us with fire for Him, and it will not consume us. But the fire attracts people. It attracted Moses at the time, so Moses thought, "I will go over and see this strange sight. Why did the bush not burn up?" He was inquisitive. He wanted to know what was happening. There was heat. There was something happening. We've sung this evening, Lord, let your fire fall down. Here in St. Matt's today, let your fire fall down, mighty God. Transform us. Help us hear from you. And then moving on, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, and that's interesting, as we respond to God, he responds to us. God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And God responded. And then Moses said, here I am. That is the point of surrender. Here I am. And we need to have hearts filled with the Lord to say to him, here I am. Send me. And then it goes on, Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. There was such a sense of presence of the Lord in that place. Holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. What an amazing scripture that God hears our cries. He crying out, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out. I am concerned about their suffering. If you're an intercessor, that is a very comforting um, verse to, to hear. Hear our cries, so I had come down, to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of their land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Peserites, the Hivites and the Jebusite. This was God's overall big biblical picture. This was his rescue plan. This was what the whole biblical narrative hinges on. The exodus. The deliverance of the Israelites. And now the cry of the Israelites have reached me. And I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go. That's the scary bit. Have you ever heard God say, go? Sometimes he's Um, that clear. Sometimes it's little stages, which is a little bit kinder. But sometimes he can say, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. I am sending you. And God said, I will be with you. And that is an amazing verse, that I will be with you. It is his work. You are in his plan. He has plans for you to do his work because I will be with you, he promised. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. And that is the final aim for the glory of God, to in prayer and worship. I think my idea of heaven would be 24-hour prayer and worship, nothing else, but there's a lot of world that gets in between. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask him, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replies to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And there's a lot of uh, commentaries and discussion about what that phrase, I am who I am, means. And at the end of the day, no one can describe it. Him, he's too wide, he's too high, he's too uh, big, he's too unimaginable to actually put a description on. Our God is beyond description. And what's interesting is that Moses then goes on to give all sorts of reasons why he shouldn't be the person to be sent. He comes up with five or six different excuses in the next few verses. But every every objection is met by an assurance from God. Who am I is not important, for I will be with you. So in summary, the main points of Moses' calling were God's timing. Now might be a time of preparation for you. It was God's timing for him. We need to wait on God's timing for us. Secondly, God created us and we were born for a purpose. It's not what we think. He has a plan. We just want to connect with that and him to reveal it to us. We have an important work to do within the collective story of God so he can work his purposes out. And fire fell. It wasn't cold and freezing. It was hot. It was so hot there was fire burning that did not consume the bush when we pray and when we worship here and we sense the presence of God sometimes it feels quite warm it's wonderful we want the fire to fall and sometimes we need time time alone Moses went to seek time alone and to pray and to listen and God does all this to bring him his glory how amazing is that we have a part to play what has God got planned for you? And there may be um, people here who've got new jobs to go to, who've got an exciting uh, new relationship on the horizon or something that you know that you are in the will of God and there is the next step already organized. But there may be people who are still waiting or thinking or maybe had not even thought or given time to what God might be asking them to do. So we're going to move into um, a time of prayer and a prayer ministry. If I ask the band just to come back up. And the way that we can uh, receive God's revelation is being filled with, uh, with the Holy Spirit, by reading his word, by spending time alone. And this evening there's an opportunity for you to come forward or to just stay in your seats, but I invite you to come forward And receive a filling of the Holy Spirit. We can anoint you for a particular appointment if God's given you one. We just want to hear God's voice. We want dreams to be dreamt. We want God's will to be uh, realized. Both here and in the um, wider world, wherever you might go. So we're going to have a time of listening. And then I'll invite anyone who would like to be filled with the Spirit to come forward and to receive prayer. If the prayer team can be around to help, that would be great. And let's just have a time of prayer and worship and listen to our Lord. Amen.